Hello and welcome to This Is Birth, the podcast. I am your host, Lindsay McGilvery, and joining me tonight for episode seven is Katie Dewhurst. Katie is joining me all the way from beautiful, sunny California, and I am delighted to have her on the podcast today. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on. Please tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah, I'm Katie. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here and talk about nutrition for fertility and pregnancy. That's where I specialize and where I love to kind of nerd out and dive into the research with you. So I'm excited to talk a little bit about nutrient needs for optimizing your fertility if you're in that preconception window or if you're already pregnant, how you can really support your baby's brain development Um, their organ development, and how you can really optimize your nutrition for pregnancy. I got started in this space about eight years ago, so I've really worked with so many women over the years, and I've really done the research for you, so you don't have to, because I know it can be really overwhelming, especially if you've been dealing with some infertility issues or you've, um, you know, just been Googling everything on your own in pregnancy. So it's really my mission to be that resource for women to help support them um, wherever they are in their journey. Amazing. It's definitely needed, Katie. I think um, people can get so caught up on a kind of Google minefield sometimes. Um, and it's just so important to have someone who is qualified and knowledgeable to, to guide them through something as important as nutrition. So I'm really delighted to have you on to share some of your knowledge um, with the, the listeners. So tell me a wee bit about you, yourself. Um, are you, where, where about you live? What, what your kind of day-to-day looks like? Yeah, so my husband and I, we actually just moved back from Singapore. We were living there for eight years, and we moved back to my home state of California, and we are 19 weeks pregnant, so we're excited about that. I'm happy to talk a little bit about my journey into that, Um, but my day-to-day is looking really different every day because we are redoing a house. We're going to our, you know, visits with our OBGYN to see the baby. We are um, kind of moving between a lot of different places. So I feel like I haven't got that nesting period that most women really crave in their pregnancy. And I'm kind of just working out of my parents' house or here and there while we set up our forever home, hopefully. But for work-wise, it's really my priority has been on my course, which is a prenatal nutrition course that deep, deep dives into all of the things you need to know about optimizing your nutrition for fertility and pregnancy, foods you need to avoid, how to supplement, um, labs to ask your doctor for. And that course takes a lot of my time because I'm constantly going in, updating materials, looking at what weekly research is coming out, making sure that my course members are aware of things um, that are coming out and doing coaching calls through the course as well. So that takes a lot of my time and that's where my focus is. I'm always trying to kind of improve and add content to that library. So that's what my day-to-day looks like. I'm trying to get movement in every day because I'm pregnant and I really am focusing on my own health 
So that's been a big priority is just making sure I'm sleeping, not getting overly stressed out, um, moving my body and taking the best care of myself that I can. Incredible. I think it's it's so amazing that you're you're juggling all these things. And I see it so many times working with, with pregnant clients that nesting is definitely something that can sometimes be taken to the extreme. So mm-hmm. renovating a house is definitely nesting to the extreme mm-hmm. while running a business. So you're you're definitely a busy lady. So we're very grateful to have you on. And I, I follow your, your Instagram and I'm going to be sharing all your details on, on my personal Instagram page so people can find you. But that comes across so much just your your passion for what you do and the fact that you do share the most up-to-date um research so that people can just learn from from your knowledge and really educate themselves to 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 keep themselves as healthy as possible for fertility and pregnancy as well it's really important so nutrition has a really important role in our health and well-being so why do you feel it's so important that we focus on nutrition and well-being Yeah, I mean, it really is the one, I guess, almost, you know, thing or drug that literally impacts every part of our bodies. So um, I know Dr. Mark Hyman, he always kind of refers to it as like, if there was one drug I could tell everyone to take that's going to improve their hormone health, their thyroid health, their brain health, their energy, their metabolic health, their mitochondrial health, it's really about food and food is medicine. So, you know, a lot of us have different symptoms that we're dealing with and we have different things that might be bothering us and things that we're trying to work on. And a lot of times when we get to the root cause of what's causing that issue, different food and lifestyle aspects can really start to target and help heal that root issue. So, my background is in functional medicine and that's what I studied. And that is really the studying of, okay, let's look at what is causing the issue of if you're dealing with infertility, what is that root cause versus just going and throwing, you know, prescriptions at things. Of course, there's a time for Western medicine. I'm definitely for that, but I'm always trying to get down to like, what's the root cause with my clients. And A lot of times nutrition is something that is lacking when we're not feeling our best. So our bodies, they're using essential amino acids to build new cells. So that's protein. Every cell in our body is built with protein. We use essential fatty acids to build new hormones. We use glucose for energy. We're using micronutrients like our vitamin A, our choline, our B12, our calcium to have different enzymatic functions happen in the body, repairs, immune cells, fighting, you know, inflammation and oxidative stress, detoxifying. So we really understand like nutrients are so essential and the quality of the nutrients we have can really impact our overall health, our energy, our vitality, our fertility, and the health of our future babies. So it's, in my personal opinion, probably one of the most important things that we need to focus on if we're thinking about overall health and energy and vitality, but also fertility and pregnancy, because your fertility depends on your health. Yeah, completely agree. I think we're, we're so quick um, to, to jump into a medical route when things go wrong, rather than keeping ourselves into a healthy state to get to a place that we want to be, whether it is pregnancy, fertility, um, 
and we, we don't we wait till things don't happen and then we're like why is this not happening and food is something that's always like last on the list to even consider that that could be impacting how our bodies are functioning and I completely agree with with the fact that we, we don't prioritize that and I think what what you talk about it as food as medicine is, is a really interesting concept and I completely agree with it there's so many links to just people not looking after themselves but not just the way that diet impacts our lives but there's so many other stress factors and things that are so quickly overlooked um, and the mm. whole thing like even the fact you're talking about movement and your own pregnancy there's so many simple things that you can do that you can implement in your health and well-being that makes you fitter stronger and healthier for going into a fertility journey or a pregnancy journey and I can't wait for you to share some of that that tonight so the right diet and nutrition in pregnancy is really important to keep you healthy um, and strong in pregnancy but a lot of people don't realize that that can impact the baby's development as well so what kind of things should you prioritize in your diet when you're pregnant Right. Your nutrient needs really do go up in pregnancy. So when they say you're eating for two, I really like to think about it more as you're nourishing for two. And that means you're going to need more of the macronutrients, which a lot of people are familiar with. So your macros are kind of that overarching protein, fat, and carbohydrates, which you need. And then from there, it kind of narrows down into micronutrients, and that's kind of your vitamins and minerals. So you can think about iron, vitamin D, B12, calcium, choline, all of those things that you see on the back of your prenatal that you know you need to be getting, your folate. So all those micronutrients, they're packaged within those macronutrients, so those bigger overarching protein, fat, and carbohydrates. How I like to think about it is I really try to focus more on the micronutrients because if you're getting the micronutrients that your baby needs, those are already packaged in high quality protein, healthy fats, carbohydrates that are fighting oxidative stress and are higher in fiber. They're good for your gut. So the foods that are the richest in the micronutrients are going to be the healthiest options for pregnancy. That's what I really go over in my course. And that's something that you kind of learn, okay, where am I getting my folate needs met? Where am I getting my calcium needs met? What about my iodine, my zinc? Once you figure out where all those nutrients are in food, then you can start prioritizing those foods and you'll be getting enough of your essential amino acids, your essential fatty acids. And I talk a lot about how to balance your blood sugar to make sure you're choosing the right carbohydrates so that you're not you know, putting yourself at risk for gestational diabetes or your child at future risk for metabolic disorders. So I always like to focus on how are we going to get our micronutrients in? And then from there, we kind of think about, okay, is there a goal for how much protein I should be eating a day? How much fat, how much fiber? Of course there is, but I don't think you need to necessarily um, focus so much on that as long as you're kind of thinking about your micronutrient needs. And it gets a lot, it sounds complicated, but it gets so much easier once you get familiar with the foods that are rich in iron, then you know where you can get those. And then you kind of have your go-tos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And um, there's lots of recipes inside the course too. So that makes it a little bit easier. Um, does that help answer your question? Absolutely. I, th I think the fact that your, your course has all that in it, 
makes that so much easier to understand because I think when if you've not had a healthy diet and say you do have fertility struggles it's one thing that you you do want to prioritize but it can feel very overwhelming to start completely changing your lifestyle for that purpose so that's what I love about your course and Katie um, very kindly sent me her course and I was saying to her um, earlier before we started the podcast just there were so many kind of light bulb moments that, that made sense to me. I'm not trying to conceive my family, family's complete, um, but just so many simple things with where I can see, where I start having sugar dips throughout the day and things that I'm doing wrong at the start of the day that's then impacting the rest of my day. So it, it was so interesting to, to just hear it broken down into really simple language that makes it really easy to understand. So that that's what I loved about it. And in pregnancy, I think people don't realise that what you put into your mouth will help with your baby's development and growth. And what that's why it's such an important time to really nourish yourself. And I absolutely love what you said is, is nourishing for two. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, if you're, you're growing a baby, you can just eat double the calories. And it's, it's not mm-hmm. about that at all. It's about making sure you're eating the right things that are going to keep you healthy and strong so that you've got that not even just that strength of a healthy pregnancy, but for birth, all of this is is prepping you for that that big day of meeting your baby as well. It's keeping you strong. It's keeping you healthy. So it's, it's really interesting. What is the, the most important things to cut out in pregnancy? So I... I think it, first of all, I do think it kind of, you have to use your best judgment based on where you live and your food quality standards in your country and just, you know, your own, what you're comfortable with. But for me, I really try to limit inflammatory foods because our bodies are constantly trying to fight oxidative stress in the body. And by avoiding inflammatory foods, we just help that process. Really thinking about how do we limit our um, those vegetable oils that are being oxidized, they're being bleached, they're being um, deodorized. Those oils are think we're thinking about things like cottonseed oil, rapeseed oil, soybean oil, um, grapeseed oil, canola oil. So I'm thinking inflammatory foods, refined sugars, things that are spiking your blood sugar, that's going to stoke inflammation in the body. Um, Unwashed fruits and vegetables, um, unwashed foods is just going to be higher chances of bacteria and things that you don't want um, inside your body. So I would say really making sure you're washing your foods and potentially avoiding just the pre-cut prepared um, veggies and fruits at the the store because those have a higher chance of cross-contamination. So I always just opt for more, let's go cut our own watermelons and mangoes and things like that versus buying the pre-cut unpasteurized cheeses and deli meats. Those always are kind of the recurring uh, foodborne illnesses that we see from the CDC. So Anything like a brie or a queso that hasn't been pasteurized and it's that softer cheese tends to be higher for foodborne illnesses, deli meats as well. If you're really craving a turkey sandwich or something, just heat the meat up before or make your brie or something cooked. That's a good way to get around that. Um, And then with raw fish, I would say just make sure it's sushi grade and 
just because you don't want any parasites and parasites are going to be kind of competing for nutrients with your baby. So we don't want anything else, you know, competing for nutrients with the baby. So definitely um, things that aren't sushi grade fish. High mercury fish is also a watch out. I like to start avoiding this ahead of pregnancy. So in that preconception window, because your body can store mercury and you, if you have higher levels, it is considered, it's a neurotoxin. So it could potentially cause um, issues for your baby's brain development if you have really high levels and you're not able to detoxify. So um, really starting to limit your tuna intake, things like that. Um, there's a whole list of foods to avoid inside the course, but I always try to take it back to like, what foods should we be including and yeah. focusing more on the positive because there's not really that many foods you need to be avoiding. So it's not, it, it sounds like there's a lot, but it's really not. And I really walk you through that so that you're not worried or freaking out. Um, yeah, I, I think focusing more on the foods you need and the nutrients you need is a really good approach to that. Yeah, I, lo I love that approach because I think in pregnancy, sometimes you can feel so limited with what you can do, what you can eat. It can, it can feel quite negative. So I love your spin on that, that let's think about all the things you can have <laughs> instead of the things that you can't have. But it, it makes complete sense. And especially things like pre-packed vegetables, that's, everything's about convenience nowadays, isn't it? Rather than what's the best thing for us and convenience always wins for so many people but actually when you say it as simply as that just think about what that's been through to get to that state before you're then taking it home to eat it it's much easier to buy the whole the whole watermelon and take it home and chop it up and then you at least, at least you know you can wash it it completely makes sense one of the the problems that's really common I see time and time again as a midwife in pregnancy is low iron it's a really mm -hmm. common problem in the, the, the third trimester. Can we get what we need from our diet or are supplements always needed for people with low iron? It really depends. So some women genetically are able to convert iron from plant sources better or they're able to store more iron. Other women might genetically be predisposition to just have lower iron and need to have more in their diet. So it really is something that I, you don't need to get genetic testing done, but you would probably want to see, has my iron levels been low over the past few years? If they are, it might be something that we need to work on. And there's a few ways to do that. I think if you're already pregnant and you have low iron, I would consider an iron transfusion because it's the quickest way to increase your iron levels and it's going to have the most immediate effect for your baby. And this is really important because low iron in pregnancy is associated with a lot of um, different cognitive outcomes that are unfavorable. So if we see the longer low iron persists and the earlier in pregnancy that it starts, it's associated with um, ADHD, um, intellectual disabilities like autism. And uh, we also see that even when the baby's born, it can start to impact because that brain is still developing over the first few years at such a rapid pace. It can start to affect things like the infant's memory and things like that. So it's important to really 
focus on iron-rich foods throughout your pregnancy and then when you're able to reintroduce um, or introduce solids to your baby around six months, it's important to introduce iron-rich foods at that point as well because that's when their iron levels start to deplete and iron isn't transferred very well through breast milk. Yeah. So there's that six month period where they're starting to get lower iron. And that's when we want to think about, okay, how do we reintroduce more iron into their, um, into their bodies? And that can happen a few different ways. Babies are not very tolerant of iron supplementation. So I would say thinking something like a an organ meat would be the easiest way for them to kind of increase their iron at that six month level or age. And, but when you're pregnant, like, let's take it back. So I, I really think about it more from a, um, how are we going to, how are we going to think about this ahead of pregnancy and be more um, preventative versus just treating once anemia as an issue? Because a lot of times damage has already been done. Yep, that's and what that's, I see time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these things I'm talking about with cognitive um, issues happening, this is happening over a period of time. It's not happening just in, in a day. So we really want to stay on top of this. And I would say having your iron levels checked before you get pregnancy is the best way to stay on top of things and then checking it throughout your pregnancy. So for me, I'll probably check it at every trimester. If you need a transfusion, no big deal. That's something that's an option to you. If your iron levels are kind of just starting to creep into the lower range, maybe you don't need a transfusion and you just add more iron rich foods. Like maybe a organ meat into your diet. There's a lot of ways to sneak it into your diet that aren't as unappetizing as just like sitting down and eating an ounce or two of liver. Yeah. <laughs> mix it into muscle meat now and make a bolognese sauce and you won't even really taste it. Um, so there's different ways. There's recipes online nowadays for mixing it in so that you don't notice it as much because I know it's not anyone's favorite food yeah. but um a but lot the, of the impact that will have is going to be massive though so it's, it's worth it <laughs> it is and if you're not open to animal foods you're definitely going to want to think about supplementation and the easiest way to do that was with an iron um, glycinate. That's the, or bisglycinate. It's actually the most tolerable, but again, you might decide you want to do transfusions. That's an option. Um, the, the key is that you want to prevent low iron in your pregnancy. It's so important for the baby. It's a nutrient that we have the most research on. Um, when we think about all of the nutrients, we have a ton of research on iron and the importance of it. And it's just something that you can't overlook. So that's one that I'm always staying on top of and checking for um, my course members and helping them make sure they're getting their levels to um, a a really functional range that's more at the top end versus like starting to sneak into that lower um, subclinical anemia phase. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Sounds really interesting. The other the other thing that really affects women in the, the third trimester especially is constipation. Is there anything that you would recommend as ways to really help avoid that with diet and nutrition? 
Yeah. So I would think about overall hydration first and making sure that you're drinking water and you're adding minerals back into your water. If you're filtering it, remember filtering takes out a lot of the minerals you need to actually hydrate your cells. So adding a trace mineral back in or some um, sea salt to your water or something like that will help you to stay hydrated. Then we would want to look at fiber intake and make sure that you are getting around 30 grams of fiber a day. That's a lot for some people. So we kind of work our way slowly up to that. But if you're eating a really healthy diet that's rich in vegetables and fruits and beans and whole grains, you should be able to hit that. Nuts and seeds are a really good way to also increase your fiber pretty easily. So I would look at hydration, your fiber, your magnesium intake. Magnesium is in a lot of leafy greens, so we could add those in. Um, But you could also supplement if you need to because a lot of people are not getting enough magnesium. Magnesium is, like iron, very, very common deficiency that I see. So your prenatal will have some um, magnesium. Not all prenatals are going to have iron, but your prenatal should have some magnesium. You can take more. So, um, you know, 150, 300 milligrams, something like that before bed could really help with making sure you're able to have a bowel movement the next day. But um, when you first wake up, try to drink water upon waking before eating anything. If you can drink some warmer water, that might help get things moving a little bit. Um, But I would say those are kind of my main things is like a magnesium glycinate that's going to be really helpful and making sure you're drinking enough, having enough minerals and making sure you're getting enough fiber. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I see it is it's such a hard time in the third trimester because you generally feel quite uncomfortable as your bump gets bigger and everything feel quite feels quite heavy. And even the thought of trying to get your shoes on, you've got all this to come, Katie. <laughs> but you can feel quite uncomfortable. But on top of that, to have constipation is just it's not fun. So there is definitely things like Katie's just said that, that will really help. Simple things that you can implement into your diet and lifestyle that's going to just make you feel more comfortable and hopefully help avoid constipation in that third trimester. So what I'd like to chat about now is about your amazing course that you offer. So tell everybody about your course and how it works. Yes. So the course is about 25 video modules that take you through everything you need to know about the current research and what it's saying for optimal nutrition during pregnancy and a lot of tips for fertility as well. And then it goes into kind of how to pick your prenatal supplements, how what labs to ask your doctor for, and really supports you pretty much every step of the way. And then I also host monthly coaching calls in there where you can jump on and ask your questions. You can pre-post your questions or you can ask them live and I'll make sure I get to all of them so that you feel really supported all the course members have my email. And so they can always feel free to ask me questions um, personally as well. And then I also will add different pieces of kind of bonus content throughout the year. So one of the recent bonus contents that I offered was a 90 minute masterclass on 
leading a more non-toxic lifestyle. So this is thinking about how to remove toxins from your home, from your body, how to properly detox in supporting this preconception and through pregnancy. But then also once your baby's here, you really want to have a clean lifestyle for them as well. So they're not being exposed to high levels of toxins. So there's a lot of really actionable tips in that. Last year, I did a brain health masterclass. So that was all about the nutrients you need for optimal brain development, which I know a lot of people were really interested in because we're starting to see a lot of research on what are really optimal levels of nutrients. And we can see where the current guidelines and what some of what your doctor might be still suggesting or what you're seeing online is actually not optimal. And optimal levels might look a lot different um, for brain health than we previously thought. So I walked through all of that research. So there's a lot of um, good bonus content that I'm always kind of adding onto the library. There's recipes, there's um, product guides for things that I love to buy that I think will be helpful for you too. So it really is um, really supportive and really kind of hands-on, full-on. You can take the course at your own pace. So you can always go back and re-watch previous coaching calls and all the videos at your own pace whenever you want. And that's kind of the spiel. Everyone that's been in the course has felt really like they've like kind of like what you were saying to me earlier is just like all those light bulb moments and feeling really supported. Like you don't have to Google everything on your own. It's kind yeah. of like a community and support system. Cause it can feel a bit like a minefield. I think even if people, this has not been living a healthy lifestyle and even decide that they, they want to make a change. It, it's just, it can be very, very overwhelming. So to have your guidance through it is, is really reassuring and just, the, the fact that people can email you gives you that that support that, that people need. I just, I couldn't believe how much information was included in it. It's totally jam-packed. I couldn't believe it. So I'm really proud to be an affiliate with um, Hello Baby Nutrition. And you very kindly offered my listeners and followers a discount code so that they can take care of their nutrition too. So for anybody listening that's interested in signing up for Katie's amazing course, the code um, to get a discount is simply born this way. Um, and all you have to do is enter that at the checkout to get the, the discount. And I would absolutely recommend it. Um, as I say, I'm not currently pregnant or trying to conceive, but even what I've learned about my own nutrition, and it needs a lot of work, <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, but I'm making small changes in the right direction. But just little things, I just thought, nobody's ever told me this before. This makes complete sense. This just it's just easy to understand the way you explain things so I definitely would recommend that anybody listening checks it out and really thinks about prioritizing that in their their pregnancy journey because it is really important and for their ongoing health it's really important too so Katie I'm I'm so glad to have you on to share what you do because I think it isn't something that people prioritize enough especially I'll be honest in, in Scotland where I am the there's a lot of ill health linked to to diet lifestyle um and I think everybody could do (laughs) with completing a course to to educate themselves just to get a lot more knowledge and feel a bit more empowered about taking ownership for their own health as well and that's definitely what your course does so yeah that's exactly what I love to do is just give you that confidence and 
empowerment and positivity. So you feel motivated and excited about it. And it's not really about depriving yourself of the things you love. It's all about how do we include those with a healthy lifestyle and tweak things? Cause there's always low hanging fruit of things we can kind of start to swap out or things we can think about. And it makes a really big difference. Yeah, definitely. Completely makes sense. So you're currently pregnant. Tell me a little bit about how you've been feeling in your pregnancy. Yeah, so I am at 19 weeks, I think. And the first trimester, I'll be honest, I was not prepared for just how exhausted I would feel. And I also was dealing with a bit of... um, just hormonal moodiness, I guess you would say, um, kind of just depression and feelings. They're more like waves of depression. And then, but honestly, it, it's funny because I think the hardest part is that I'm normally just such an upbeat person and I'm usually really energetic and motivated and feeling great. So it was almost an identity crisis of like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to handle this? And Um, but then really understanding that that everything is a phase and I'm not going to feel like this forever. I'm nourishing another human. I'm growing another human and just being really graceful and kind with myself, giving myself extra rest when I needed it. That really helped me. And I was really lucky that I didn't experience any major nausea or food aversions, like in a big way, just slight things. Um, I've kind of explained it as like, I felt kind of hung over every day when I woke up. Yeah. But <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that a lot before. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't throwing up every day. So I was really grateful for that. And in my second trimester, I would say my energy has improved, but it's not like I was when I was before I was pregnant. So everyone's like, you get all this energy. And I'm like, Yes, but not like fully at 100%. So I'm still kind of being restful and, you know, taking naps here and there. And, but I'm overall feeling really well. So thank you for asking. Good. Good. Yeah, I think pregnancy definitely takes some navigation to get through it. And I think if you are a really upbeat person, positive person to have that change in mood, it is very noticeable for you. And I, I just want to say I really appreciate your honesty because not everybody feels elated and happy and jumping for joy and mood can really change with, with the changes in hormones and even just the tiredness. I think before people are pregnant and they hear somebody pregnant say, oh, I'm so tired, I think you think you know what that would feel like. But until you experience it yourself, it's such a different level of tiredness. And I, I remember when... I, when I was pregnant with my son we had a corner sofa and if I sat in the corner it was game over it was almost like it it sucked me in and I would pass out and like go for a nap any time of the day but it was just this incredible level of tiredness I'd never experienced before but I I remember everybody saying well just wait till the second trimester you'll feel amazing and you're hanging on to that but if you're normal energy levels much higher than this you'll be really looking forward to getting that back at some point yeah and I think that's the thing about pregnancy is you really don't know what to expect until you get into it and every pregnancy can be so different yeah so you really have to lean on your support systems and then re you have to think about things probably in a different way because I'm used to 
you know, it's, it's easy to beat yourself up, but you have to kind of think through and give yourself a new perception of like what's going on in your life, what's the priority and be really graceful and kind with yourself. Cause like you said, your hormones are raging and things are happening in your body that you have no idea about at such a rapid rate. Like they're building new nerve cells, like at an insane rate and your body's having to do all this on its own without your input. So the extra rest is totally warranted and makes sense. And the fact that your moods change and your appetite changes at all is a part of it and is all frustrating but beautiful so absolutely (laughs) I think when you take a step back and actually think about what's going on in your body it makes sense why you do feel that way but I think especially if people have been trying a long time to get pregnant and then they don't feel that amazing way that they thought they would it's quite hard for your your mind and body to navigate but it's so worth it and it is one of the most beautiful things and I completely agree with you it's it's a lot that your body's doing which is incredible so as well as you're renovating a house running your your business you're growing a human (laughs) so it's absolutely okay to take those naps you absolutely deserve them (laughs) your body's working really really hard so before you fell pregnant did you change anything or incorporate anything into your diet and lifestyle to prepare your body for pregnancy yes so I did a bunch of lab work before I got pregnant to kind of see if there was any gaps and then I started really focusing on gut health because I had some gut issues that were happening. So I really focused on adding more fermented foods in. I also was um, including different supplements because every body is so different. So even though there's great prenatal uh, vitamins on the market, there's other things that you might need and you can either get those through food or supplementation. But until we have lab work, we don't really know what your personal needs are. So for me, for example, I'm really not great at making my own glutathione and recycling glutathione. Glutathione is something we use to detoxify. So all the toxins that we come into contact with, think like BPA, for example, those toxins have to be filtered out and we use glutathione to do that. And so that's something that I've added in because I don't want my baby coming in contact with a high levels amount of toxins. I don't want to be storing those. So I think lab work really helps you personalize things, but there are simple things you can do, like making sure your vitamin D levels are optimized before pregnancy, because that is going to, that's a big risk factor for infertility, for preterm birth and miscarriage. So checking your vitamin D, checking your thyroid, all really good ideas um, from a just a actionable thing that I kind of started doing a year ahead of um, trying to conceive is I actually started looking at my whole skincare and all my cleaning products and just my environment and starting to swap products over. So I was still using things like, um, you know, makeup products that I knew weren't the cleanest I could, I could choose. So I started really trying to find all those products so that I had it all squared away once I got pregnant. And I started taking my prenatal vitamins um, probably over a year and some high-dose fish oil um, prior to getting pregnant. 
So there's a lot we can do to set ourselves up for a healthy pregnancy. And our bodies are so smart and they store nutrients ahead of pregnancy. So especially in that first trimester when you're not feeling well and you're not craving salads and you're not craving quality proteins, you're just craving bread and things like that. You want to have that nutrient bank to pull on and you can set that all up ahead of pregnancy. So you can have stores of nutrients to pull on that your baby will utilize in pregnancy. So I really focused on becoming the healthiest version of myself before I even got pregnant. And I do have a free fertility guide that I think is kind of a helpful intro and resource to women that just want to get a few quick tips. It's a, um, it's just a Google doc. And I always am adding on to that because the research is always changing. So this Google doc is really going to help with what nutrients you need to set yourself up for fertility, how your husband could optimize his fertility. Um, because the egg and the sperm, they're both going through a lot of things ahead of pregnancy too. Um, well, the sperm is actually being created about 90 days um, ahead of time. So it's always regenerating. The egg, we have all of our eggs ahead of time, but it's going through genetic programming. So there's certain nutrients you need for that to occur. And you want your husband to create or your partner to create healthy sperm. So there's things he can be doing as well on his end to really optimize his sperm health. Wow, it's so interesting. I'll maybe do a, a little post and be able to share that if that would be okay with you, Katie, just so that people can get access to that information. Because what I what I see as mid as a midwife is when people come when they're already pregnant, and that's when we're advising things like make sure you're taking your vitamin D and make sure you're 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 looking after yourself and having a healthy lifestyle. And here's the things we would recommend you avoid, and these are things we'd recommend you have. But actually, if people can do it beforehand, I love that description. It's, it's like a backup. You have that reserve there to really help you when everybody's on those beige foods. <laughs> There's so many people end up eating in that, that first trimester when they're feeling a bit ropey. And I think it's so interesting to know that you can prepare your body in advance. It's really important to as well. So I'll, I'll maybe make a link or even share it on my stories if people are looking to get access to that, that they, they can. Um, okay. I'm so excited to be supporting you um, with your hypnobirthing course during your pregnancy. Are you you um, familiar with hypnobirthing? Were you aware of it before I contacted you? No. Yeah. So I, um, I've never really done any, I, I've done a lot of meditation, but I have okay. never done like hypnosis. I have done EMDR with a therapist and that really helped me um, with some trauma and stuff. So I'm very open to hypnobirthing and I'm curious okay. about it. In California, is it something that's a common thing for people to do hypnobirthing or do most people go to an OB, an OB over a midwife? What, what's the kind of most common care plan? Um, a lot of people will have midwives and doulas and but they'll also do hypnobirthing a lot of people make sure they have playlists going into pregnancy to kind of get them in the zone so I know um and, and women practice different breathing techniques and things like that so I think you know especially in LA there's a lot of um, more alternative medicine and people are practicing these more traditional um 
older ancient wisdom type ways of doing things. So I know it is pretty common in California. Amazing. I'm, I'm really excited to share it with you because it's very similar to your course. It's like a video-based course that you and Nate can work through together. And he's going to really learn a lot of ways he can support you during your, your labour and birth as well. Um, and just ways that you can just feel really calm and informed and have that confidence to question things. So if you do like meditation, you'll, you'll definitely enjoy it. Although it's called hypnobirthing, there's not too much of, it's not mind control or anything. It's basically deep relaxation is what the, the, the tools are. So I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. And I think with everything that's going on with your house renovations, it's probably a really good thing for you to be able to have some time to to switch off together and, and focus on meeting your baby and it'll just help you get feeling really excited about it and I know you already are so I've got a couple more questions to ask you and then I promise I'll let you go but I just wanted to ask you what's the one piece of advice that you would give someone that's planning on getting pregnant I would focus on really optimizing your overall health. This is such a good time when you're still feeling good and energized to learn about nutrition before you get pregnant. Because in that first trimester, I don't think I would have been up to taking a course and learning all this new information. I was just so tired. And the, you know, mommy brain kind of sets in. So it's nice to take the time before pregnancy to really educate yourself and really focus on optimizing your health. I think that's a great thing to do ahead of pregnancy. Yeah, I definitely agree. And final question is, what is the best piece of advice that you've had so far in your pregnancy? Um, I think just basically trusting your intuitions and also realizing that you're not going to know how you're going to feel once the baby comes. So I'm such a planner. And I think for me, it's been hard not knowing how I'm going to manage everything once the baby's here, but knowing that the future me will have the answers and be able to figure it out and trusting in that, that I don't need to know everything right now and just taking it day by day and understanding that your feelings about your career and your purpose and your identity will all shift and it's all part of the journey but that you don't have to have it all figured out right now you just you kind of take it day by day and it will come as as it needs to I absolutely love that I think when you think about what you've been through so far in your life and how you've handled everything that that you've been faced with this is this is no different it is a massive change in lifestyle you're going through a massive life event but you will handle it and I think the day-by-day approach is the best way to do it and I'm really glad that you'll have some hypnobirthing tools up your sleeve because they're definitely useful in the postnatal period as well when there's sleepless nights and navigating feeding and all those things and also just remembering to prioritize your own needs as well so I'm hoping you'll find it really beneficial Katie thank you so much for for spending some of your time with me today I'll let you get back to a beautiful day in California as I'm sure it's much nicer than what it is here in sunny Scotland thank you so much for coming on the podcast and I will share all the information of how people can get in contact with you when the podcast goes out awesome thank you so much for your time Lindsay. no problem thank you so much Bye. Bye.